0: Welcome everybody. It's time once again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications today. Brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Online Graduate Programs. Exploring Marcom strategies that'll help inform, and persuade and inspire your audiences today with your host and today we got Michael Lynch. How are you, sir? How are you where are you calling from? You're in Chicago today?
1: Today I am in Chicago, Illinois, but I have been in 12 states in the last three weeks. Wow. So I've been very busy. That's what right I heard. Yeah, you've been Ross, all over the place. starts up.
0: Okay, all right. Well, who'd you bring along today, and what are we going to chat about? We're going to talk about the power of diversity? There's we no. At that. We don't like and diversity. We want everybody to think just like us.
1: Well, it would be nice if everybody thought like me. It would make <laughs> things a lot easier. And as a matter of fact, that might even be a topic that we talk about today or a little bit touch on. Uh, those of us for whom diversity really doesn't work very well. Mm, okay. Uh, those of us that have historically looked like and acted like and sounded like people that have historically been in the workplace. So now, but it, diversity is very, very important. We're going to talk about really what makes diversity important, particularly in a marketing context. And today, I'm very happy to have Mahwa Chatterjee. She is the Director of Marketing and Communication at Paramount Software Solutions in Georgia. And just to kick it off here, Mahwa, why is building a diverse marketing team so important? Why is it relevant?
2: Hey, Michael. First of all, thank you for having me over to talk about this topic, which has been, I think, a trending topic For um, a lot of years now, Um, coming to the relevance, I think one of the first considerations that we really need to understand here is the social media scenario today. Okay, let's get down to something that's real and that's happening, that's trending. So campaigns that are coming up nowadays are constantly under public scrutiny and it's happening in seconds. And what years back could have easily slipped through today end up uh, being viral in a matter of few seconds. So you can't try too hard to put the right messaging across because that's also kind of scrutinized. So having that right mix of uh, marketers from different backgrounds definitely helps get the right perspective on the table. And understanding of different communities and groups also becomes relevant that way. So it's not just about revenues. I think in the long run, if you are looking at brand loyalty, you can't simply afford to pick up a model from a minority community to show that you are conscious about diversity. You have to be able to narrate the stories. You have to be able to narrate the different perspectives of these groups. It could be race. It could be generation. It could be culture, gender, or even sexual orientation. I think in that perspective, we definitely need to consider teams that are diverse in the marketing and creative teams.
1: So where do you think we stand today when it comes to diversity in marketing teams? Are we doing a good job by and large?
2: I would say yes and no. Yes, because I definitely see a lot of women being in marketing. In fact, the good news is I was reading a report. There are about 40 to 50 percent of marketing roles that are taken by women, which is great. I think we've come a long way because women are also, if you look at the consumer side, they have one of the biggest uh, decision making power in purchases. We've done a great job with that. But however, I think since marketing as a function plays a very vital role in changing mindsets and trends, I think marketing leaders could probably start setting example where they start broadening the demographics a little bit, whether it's race, ethnicity, like I mentioned, or even generations. I think a lot of times we forget that there are at least three to four generations who have a very good decision making and purchasing power, you know, right from the boomers to the Gen X to the Gen Z. So it's important to listen to those stories as well. And while you're building those stories, if you do not have that representation in your marketing and creative team, I don't believe you can really end up doing a great job. I mean, can you imagine having all those perspectives in one team and having all the creative juices flowing in? So um, as far as the ethnicities are concerned, we, I think, have about 10% marketing positions are being held by minorities. So we we can do better. We can definitely do better than that.
1: I'll tell you, when I started in marketing departments, they were actually, I was the, excuse the expression, odd man out. Very often, Mm -hmm. it was only women or just a few men in the marketing department. So... Why would building a diverse team? Why do why would that enhance the creativity of the marketing team? I know sometimes being in a room that was six to one, seven to one, I didn't always feel that my voice was being heard, being the only male in the room. Uh, But why should Mm -hmm. you really put together a a diverse team to really kind of kick up your creativity, or what does it do to help your creativity?
2: Great question. I know there are a lot of people who might say if if your consumer base is let's say 60 to 70 percent of your consumer base is um is you okay you're white or you know uh, you are about say 40 or 50 year old why would uh, someone think of, about diversity right now let's think about it this way suppose if your consumer or the audience that you're trying to reach out to is completely different than what you have been thinking. And that's where your assessment is important about who your customer is. And it does not always have to be your current customer. You have to start thinking about beyond your current customers. So if I'm missing out on that 40% population of you know people who are in the minority group, and if I'm looking at only at the 60 to 70%, then we are missing out on, I mean, a lot of opportunities. Okay, now you have asked me, you've seen a lot of more women in the team. I think there are a lot of reports where it has been clearly stated that women have a much more decision-making power in any purchases, right? I mean, whether it's household products, services, anything, if you look at it, it's generally the woman who's taking the decision. So the mindset of a woman, the way a woman thinks, if a man has figured it out, then great job. (laughs) But I think men still are trying really hard to understand how women think, right? So it's the same thing for any other group. If you do not understand that mindset well, it's very difficult to reach out to that community or that group.
1: Yeah, and most of my career has been in the hospitality industry. And I can tell Mm -hmm. you that, and this is not a slight at all, this is not a criticism, but when husband and wife or family is traveling together, very often it is the woman that makes the decision. So your point is very well taken, that you do need to understand who the decision maker is and how to cater to that person. So are organizations really doing enough nowadays to, to reach out to diverse consumer groups? And where do you think the gaps are? Where do you think we're getting this wrong?
2: sure so i think a lot of organizations are doing what they need to do many organizations have figured the relevance and importance of resonating with the diverse demographics and um also but the other side there are some who are kind of doing a band-aid job to cover the gap uh, let me share an example actually and this is a very good example so a couple of years back ARP. Uh, found out through a survey that 2.4% of their members identified themselves uh, in the LGBTQ group, okay? They were not aware of that statistic, so they got to find out from that survey. And what they did was they partnered with the Services and Advocacy for GLBT Elders and commissioned a first-of-its-kind study to understand the unique ways how the members were impacted by the AARP programs. They got to understand their audience, figured out ways to engage, and also tailored campaigns to represent the audience. Now, there are many organizations that have taken very strategic steps to identify and understand the various demographics that make up uh, potential and current customers. But there are still some who are kind of, you know, typing messages and um, kind of just putting it out there to to make it representative. Um, Where are the gaps? I think the gaps um, exist very unconsciously. I think marketing teams or leaders probably never thought about something like this in in a conscious frame of mind. So let's take an example. You get a creative brief and you develop a campaign. And in all likelihood, diversity is probably not something that is part of the creative brief. So which is fine, again, because you cannot appease every single consumer, right? So, But you have a creative team already that's a good mix of all demographics. So can you imagine how solidly the representation is going to come without even trying to, to be too hard about you know, the messaging? I think the gap is big when it is a checkmark job being done. If you want to checkmark diversity instead of setting it up naturally. And there are so many times when content generators will look off, you know, uh, stock images trying to find something to represent minority. And, um, and we need to stop thinking about diversity and inclusion as an HR function only. I think every department needs to identify that and embrace that. And secondly, there needs to be a lot of education and awareness and regular assessment on how diverse the team is. And not just demographic size, but even process, values, cultures, that could be a very good start. Um, But, however, I would want to add this, I think the United States is doing a great job in acceptance of diversity. Um, Six out of ten U.S. adults feel that having an increasing number of people from diverse backgrounds actually makes this country uh, so much more better to live in. So, I, I like to look at the brighter things, definitely.
1: Excellent. Now, you had mentioned the, a- the HR function and how HR really uh, takes a place in this. Mm-hmm. What have you seen mm-hmm. in the supply and demand of marketing talent? And does it really fit that uh, diversity narrative?
2: And that's my favorite pitch, actually. <laughs> the greatest challenges the marketing function face today are three. One is talent and skill. Uh, data security and keeping pace with market uh, demand and audience needs. So I truly believe two out of these three challenges could be solved by a very robust strategy of building a diverse team. I think at least about 70% marketing leaders have indicated that talent and skills deficit is a problem. So unless the hiring managers are broadening their search, if they're not looking at a wider pool, that does not necessarily have to be gender or race based, but it could be a diverse generation or proactively look at demographics that haven't been explored before. Opening of the mind is important to be able to find those best talents. And when trying to keep pace with the market demand and audience, I will go back to where I mentioned about looking beyond current customers. If one does not have a team that resonates and understands the changing consumer personas or the future consumer, none of the long-term strategy would meet goals. Definitely, in these contexts, in demand and supply of marketing talent, diversity makes a lot of sense. Opening up to new groups that you have probably not thought of before, it's very, very important to fill that gap.
1: Do you think people, be it HR or managers, do you think they have a tendency to kind of want to birds of a feather, so to speak, which is to say, be with people that are like them, be with people that think like them? Or do you think people really today, be it HR or managers, really are looking for that diversity look and understanding the value that can be bought by having and diverse staff?
2: Absolutely, and I will tell you this. I think one of the biggest mistakes that minority community also does is not trying to reach out to people who are not like them. I'll give you a simple example, okay? And, and this is a controversial thing but I'm going to be mentioning this. I'm an Asian, I'm an Indian from Asia, okay? I have seen the tendency that Indians would want to live in an Indian community. They would want to stick Thank with you. Indian groups. Why would you want to do that, right? You want to stay in a community that's diverse. You want others to accept you as someone from a different community. But why would you not reach out to those groups? I think that mindset has to also change for other groups. I know people want to stay in the groups to be comfortable, to feel accepted. But I think you need to have that. You have to take that little step ahead and say, hey, I'm going to talk about myself to other people who are not like me. does that answer your question
1: that really does thank you so much and we're going to take a little break and when we come back we might talk a little bit about where diversity might not have gone so well and maybe some of the blunders that we've had along the way
2: Okay, looking forward to that
0: We want to remind you that WVU's Integrate Conference, hey, it's moved online. Only makes sense. That's where all these events are going these days. You can still join us. You can still participate. There are marketing communications experts from a variety of industries who will be there exploring how and what to say during this unprecedented time. View the schedule and learn how to tune in to the live virtual sessions. It's simple. Just go to integrate.wvu.edu. That's integrate.edu wvu.edu And after you do that, while you're wandering around the site, be sure and check out West Virginia University's new Digital Marketing Communications Master's Degree Program It's fully online as well and it can be completed in just a year With built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and the skills you need to reach audiences on existing platforms and emerging media like this you can learn more about that program by visiting marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. That's marketingcommunications, plural.wvu.edu. All right, Michael, I'm looking forward to these uh, real-life war stories here but, that you uh, alluded to before the break.
1: Well, a couple of war stories that immediately come to mind, having experienced both living in the Southwest and also living in Florida— is the trouble that marketers had in differentiating Hispanics and assuming that all Hispanic communities are the same—be it Guatemalan, be it uh, Ecuadorian, be it Mexican, be it Caribbean, and even European—and thinking they could treat all of those markets the same. You mean same. the
0: the Cuban market in Miami is different than the uh, Puerto Rican uh, market in New York,
1: which is somewhat different than the Mexican market in Phoenix. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. And there is not that homogeneity that sometimes is assumed. Another blunder that I've seen is when, to use my own expression, when diversity appears to be forced and when you have a product or a service that primarily is used by one group or one demographic and there's an injection of diversity that just doesn't quite look right, if you know what I mean. So Mahua, have you seen situations like that? Have you seen cases where either the marketer has misidentified the demographic or where possibly a diversity just kind of looks forced?
2: Oh, yes. There are, there are many situations. In fact, when I was doing my master's uh, at, for the IMC program at uh, West Virginia University, we had one of these discussions, I remember, where we were talking about different brands who messed up big time and one brand that definitely um, comes to my mind is i don't know if you remember the pepsi ad with I think was it kendall zanner I, I can't remember but yeah this was during when the black lives movement started and the ad was about the model walks up to the police officer offering pepsi when there's a black life uh, movement protest happening i mean you cannot use a certain certain event or certain movement to sell your product. Definitely not. And similarly, H&M, I think did a blunder where they had an African-American kid or probably a black kid with with a jersey or probably a hoodie which said something like cutest monkey around or something like that. Or even Snickers, I think they came up with a campaign where this man was, I think, was not able to run Uh, as fast or something and this was a very stereotyping like be a real man okay so uh, another university has done a pretty messy ad where they picked two african-american students and all they talked about was their race whereas they picked two white kids and they talked about their future as i think a medical practitioner and something else So these are some of the things which I think you definitely end up, you know, messing up in building your relationship with these communities. And there's a tendency, for example, to over-sexualize lesbians or even, you know, portraying shirtless white guys as gays. I mean, come on. You need to come up with something different. You can't be uh, digging to cliches. You have to focus on the stories and the lives of these personas. Customer experience is something that is very, very important and relevant in this situation. So if your customer does not experience something good with your brand, be it you know buying a product or service or not, just by interacting with your brand through a campaign or a message, if you're not getting it right, then you're not establishing that relationship. It's gone. It, it does not exist at all then. Customer experience is not going anywhere, and it's more relevant now than ever. There's no question of compromising on that, and engaging a diverse marketing and a creative team is one way to invest in your customers. It's a long-term investment. Their positive experience will start to show as a return on investment further down the line.
1: Uh, That's great. One of the mistakes I've seen marketing departments make, and maybe it's a mistake, is bringing (laughs) other departments of the enterprise into marketing decisions. How can marketing decision-makers really be more inclusive without creating a lot of unnecessary chatter and really bringing in people that kind of move you away from your primary target?
2: Great question. In fact, this is something that happens very regularly. Every time you sit down and you're trying to discuss ideas, there are great ideas. So many different perspectives come. There are so many creative juices flowing in. But I think the focus first thing is to clearly understand your customer. Who is your customer? So for example, if you're um, a university or you are a clothing brand and your target is 16 to 24 year old, you have to make sure that you have a very good solid understanding of this group of people and how does that happen, right? I don't have kids that are that old, all right? I'm not you know, in that group. Can I give that perspective about this persona? No, I don't think so, unless I'm doing day in and day out research on this group. But if there's someone who understands that group and knows how to reach out to them, I think your job becomes much easier. So remaining focused on who your target customer is, it's very, very important. And then you also have to understand that your generation that you're trying to reach out to the current generation cares a lot more about diversity. So if, if they are also the target customer, then you have to address diversity in your campaigns, in your messaging. You have to work closely sometimes with the teams outside the marketing organization, maybe to look for stories. You know, Look for those team members every few months and then share their life story with the marketing and creative team and see how that can be represented in the messaging. It doesn't have to be forced. My point is that, I'm not a believer where it has to be forced. it has to check the box, but it should be naturally aligned with your business goals. And an honest assessment where one is where you are in the diversity, quality and inclusion is a good start. I think no one is asking that should not consider skill and talent first. Absolutely. I mean, there should be no compromising on that, but set the priorities in that manner. And marketing leaders could continuously seek to get information who are not like them. And those stories are often not prioritized in general. So definitely a decision makers in the marketing role could uh, take these steps. Perfect. So who's getting it right
1: now? Who's doing this right?
2: I'm actually happy to say that a lot of brands have come a long way and they started to acknowledge the customers who are different than the majority and started telling their stories. They're doing a great job. One brand that definitely comes to my mind is Target, the store that's close to my home. I love going to the store because of the diversity I see there. There are seniors, there are special needs associates, there are different ethnic minority groups. In fact, there was one report that I read of a Target store which had an ad of a boy in a wheelchair. And there was another little boy who was visiting the store in a wheelchair. And the mom clicked a picture of this boy looking at that ad. And it was, I think, one of the best pictures I've seen ever. It's very powerful. Imagine that little boy growing up and thinking about Target with such a pleasant memory. Same thing with Coca-Cola. I have reservations about aerated drinks, but man, (laughs) I love their campaigns. (laughs) I think the company is at a space where they really understand their customers and they accept the differences and whether you love or hate Coca-Cola, but you can't ignore their campaigns at all.
1: We've got about a minute left, so Mahua, could you just tell us a little bit about your role at Paramount Software Solutions?
2: Sure. So Paramount Software Solutions is an IT services company based out of Alpharetta, Georgia, and I lead the marketing and communications effort. It's a small to mid-sized company. We've been here for more than 20 years now. My role has been focusing on branding Paramount as one of you know, like a boutique firm that's focused on getting very specific problems solved for the customers. I take care of social media, website management, branding, sponsor management, trade associations. So it's a very, very diverse role. And I love the fact that I get the opportunity to meet different people from different groups, because we are also partnered with the Georgia Minority Suppliers Development Council, or there's another uh, Washington-based trade organization, which focuses on the Asian American businesses. So these are some of the relationships that I try to build on. And it's been a very exciting journey so far, six years, and I've learned so much. Well,
1: I'm very glad that we met you today. Thank you very much. And again, this is Maha Chatterjee, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Paramount Software Solutions. And thank you for your time today. I think we had a great discussion.
2: Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for having me. Stay safe. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network. For at-work listeners
1: like you,